Abuse, rape, or trauma are things that happen to people who are victims at that very moment. Child or adult, there's nothing you could have done to prevent the atrocity. But when it's over, the healing must begin. It gets every day. You have inner beauty. You have inner worth and value. Framing your past as your past and leaving it there will help you to frame your future and lead you to the place where you belong with a woman's soul restored. Here's LaTanya Hendry. Hello and welcome to A Woman's Soul Restored. Today we will be visiting the source of abuse. The mechanics behind what would take someone's mind in the direction to hurt someone else. Men and women are created differently. Men are protectors, providers, and are supposed to set the tone. However, women are nurturers, sensitive, and are more prone to see about others with a level of concern and compassion. There are women that are abusers, but the numbers are much higher for men. Where does this stem from? Is it a level of anger or frustration that causes one to snap, per se? Or is it how someone was raised or what they saw growing up in their household? Nurture versus nature. Both are key in our development, so both are answers to this question. Some men that have been hurt by women in relationships in return begin to hurt women physically. But a deeper root cause is an upbringing where something was witnessed in the home or happened to that child in the home when they were young. They either was not able to handle it as a child and grew up with it, or they acted out as children. Though instances of sexual violence takes place with strangers, 85 to 90% are perpetrated by someone that is known by the victim. That number is staggering. We are told as children, and most of us have told our children, to beware of stranger danger. That is true, but we are not properly prepared for family, friends, or co-worker dangers. I can remember as a child having my grandmother and older relatives talk about a family member that was touchy-feely, and to keep the kids away from him or do not leave us alone with him. They kept it hidden in the family and kept outsiders out the loop. That's just how they did things. When a male has an issue, his issue becomes your issue. If you are living with him or have any kind of closeness or relationship with him, it then affects you. If he is a nasty drunk, he will either be verbally or physically abusive with you, or possibly both. If he is a pedophile, your children are not safe along with him, even if they are his own children. If he has unresolved childhood issues surrounding abuse, then you would have unresolved adulthood issues trying to be with him. In nurturing, we try to fix, but in the process of fixing, we can get drawn in and become the object instead of the help. Because men are created as they are, we are more prone to succumb to their issues more than them being overcome or drawn into ours. There are many definitions for issue, 
But the one that fits what I am discussing today best is a concern or a problem. We can get caught up in the very problem we are trying to help someone else resolve. Issues of the male of the heart male when his issues become your issues was the first book I wrote in 2015, which chronicled some of my troubled childhood until my mid-twenties. Today I will be reading an excerpt, well three excerpts from the book, to help give insight on the effect that childhood abuse or abuse that's witnessed by a child, or even if they don't have memories of that abuse, they are still affected in some type of way. The first excerpt comes from chapter 1, page 3, which is the first page of which starts telling the story in the book. It reads, Thomasina was a modest woman, a woman of faith, and she loved the Lord. Living in Estel made her appreciate the calmness, quietness, and unity that only the country could provide. She was preparing to make one of the hardest trips she would ever make anywhere. She had been to Savannah many times, but never in this capacity. No words could explain this emotion she had never felt before, the hurt she was feeling when her only child, her daughter, Lavinia, died as a result of long-term domestic abuse. Lavinia had four children, Lavinia Denise, named after her mother, age 17, Regina, 14, Lawanda, 12, and the baby, Tammy, which was only a mere three years old, all daughters. Years of Jameson, Lawanda's husband, physically abusing her along with her being pregnant with twins, led to her demise. One of the twins was born and lived for only a few moments, but the other was mangled in her body and poisoned her system. As you may have guessed as I was reading that, Tammy, the three-year-old, is me. I have told in previous episodes where I lost my mother at three years old at the hands of my father from domestic abuse. So this is my story from the beginning. This shaped me into who I was growing up and to who I became in my mid-twenties. I held anger against my father when my grandmother told me the truth about what happened to my mother when I was probably around eight or nine years old. At that moment, I resented my father because I felt he took something from me very precious. I wasn't seeing him that much then because my grandmother took us to Estel right after the funeral. And he would visit every now and then, but by the time I got older, I rarely saw him. I resented the fact that he moved on with his life, had many other children, and was living like nothing ever happened. He was living like he didn't take anything from me and that I didn't even exist. Through the years, I have met many of my siblings, and many of their mothers experienced my father's issue. You see, he had a hand problem, which is what people used to say back in the day when a man would hit a woman, that he had a hand problem, which meant he was an abuser. Unfortunately, my father abused every woman he was with. Even after I reconnected with him at the age of 17, every woman that he was with, he abused, he hit, he beat. That was his issue, 
So that became their issue. I had to learn to forgive my father for what he did. I lived so long with unforgiveness until it wasn't to the point that I realized that it was destroying me literally that I made a decision that I had to forgive him and I had to let it go because unforgiveness only hurts me. Before he passed away, we made amends with our relationship because it was always rocky. But he told me he was sorry for what he had done in his own way because he wasn't an emotional man. But he told me he was sorry. But the thing about abuse, especially with children, when children witness certain things, because I didn't witness what happened to my mother, but because of what happened to her, it affected me. But talking to my other brothers and sisters, they witnessed their mother getting abused by my father, and it affected them in many ways. So abuse does more than affect just the, the, the person that's being victimized. It affects everyone that surrounds them. This next excerpt comes when I was in high school. I was in the seventh grade and an incident happened to me and I'm going to begin reading it now. And it reads, when she came out of the restroom, the gym was quiet. She walked over to the doors to exit when someone came up behind her. She turned around quickly to see her cousin Tom. Tom and his side of the family were considered to be a little on the crazy side. He was what could be called big and country, burly looking. He was very tall, well over six feet, and always walked with a dazed look on his face. He didn't even go to school. He was much older and scary looking at times, but she was relieved to see him because she had never stayed at the gym that late and was happy to see someone. She was smiling and was getting ready to ask him what was he doing there when he grabbed her as hard as he could. She felt afraid because she did not know what was going on. She was getting ready to scream when he put his hand around her mouth. He told her if she screamed it would be the last sound she would ever make. He held her tightly. She did not know what he was going to do, but whatever it was, she knew it was not going to be good. He did not have a weapon or anything, but just his mere size intimidated her and made her believe she needed to do as he said. He held her so tightly it felt like he was going to break her into two pieces. It seemed like time was standing still during this encounter, and they were the only two people on earth. He had an awful odor that smelled like old packed-down socks or something real musky. She was sweating as well from being scared and nervous. She looked into his eyes and became terrified because she saw nothing in them. They were cold and blank. She began to try to speak and reason with him, but he slapped her across her, the face, reminding her of what he had already told her. Her face stung from the slap and her waist was hurting from him holding her so tightly. He jammed her up between the side of the door and the water fountain. He had his knee between her legs and she was moving around trying to get away. He looked at her with such coldness and told her if he had to talk to her about being quiet or not moving again, she would be sorry.
She decided to go along with whatever he was trying to do because she felt he was serious. He had her pinned so tightly in that corner until she felt she needed to give up because he was so much stronger than her. She could barely move. He ripped her shirt with aggression and force. He was trying to hold his body up against hers while loosening his pants. He got frustrated because it was taking longer than expected and because as much as she tried, she could not be absolutely still. She was afraid and her body was moving on its own, but he was not saying anything to her at this time. She realized what he was trying to do. She began to cry and beg him not to do this thing. She pleaded with him that they were family and she would not tell anyone if he just let her go right then. But he told her to just shut up and he would let her go when he got ready. He was able to get his pants loosened finally and they fell around his ankles. He then fixated on her shorts. He began pulling at them and she was fighting back, but it was no use. He got to a point where he could pull them down. He ripped her underwear with brute force. She never felt helpless like this before. There was nothing she could do. She was crying profusely at this point. He was trying to penetrate her, but nothing was happening. He looked at her and said he heard that she was a loose girl and he should be able to get in, but he could not. She was in so much pain because he was literally trying to force himself in her. She began to scream because of the pain. She was frightened and made up in her mind this was not going to happen to her. He kept trying, but it was not to be. But just the fact that he was so big, what he was trying to do made her hurt even more. He got discouraged because he was not able to do what he intended to. He tried to shift his body and when he did, she saw an opportunity to run. She slipped between him and the water fountain and ran as fast as she could. He reached after her, cursing, but she was already gone. This cousin was all of 19, 20, maybe even 21 years old. And this shaped me because it changed my opinion of male-female relationships, even in families. He was scary, and that occurrence was scary. And it took everything in me to tell my grandmother what happened to me when I ran as fast as I can to the, could to another family member's house, and they took me home. The country had a way of dealing with justices without involving authorities. And family justice took care of this. I was young, but I was also scared. And things I was doing in my youth when I was uh, in middle school did not leave much to him thinking that maybe I was a loose girl. But I had not had sex with anyone yet. I was still a virgin. So what he was doing to me was very painful. It made me realize that all family is not going to help you. All family is not going to protect you and love you and put your best interests at heart. But some families just out for themselves and meet their needs and what they can get 
just for them. This was an experience that I still take with me even till this day. This last bit that I'm going to read is from my relationship with my daughter's father. At this point I was 17 and my daughter was four months old. And it reads, one evening when he came home, he was in a particularly bad mood. She had prepared dinner and he had eaten and went upstairs to take a shower. By the time he came out of the bathroom, she was sitting on the bed changing medicine. She was going on four months old and growing very fast. He came over to the bed and looked at the baby. He loved the child and often would just hold her when he got off from work and got comfortable. It was Tammy he was having the problem with. As she was finishing up with the baby, she was looking over at the TV and the news was on. They had found a prostitute on the west side of town, dead behind a dumpster. She was trying to hear the full story, but after she heard the name of the woman, she did not need to hear any more. It was Marcia. She was devastated as she sat on the bed in a state of shock. What had happened, she wondered, and how were her kids? Her brain was spinning from her head hurting so badly. Bart thought she was purposely ignoring him and began to get angry. He slapped her across the face. She looked at him in disbelief. He had such a cruel look in his eyes that she had never seen before. She reached down to get Madison so she could go downstairs. Bart followed her, arguing the entire time. She put one foot down to proceed down the steps, and she felt his hand on her back with force. He pushed her. She lost her balance, and she could do all she could do was cradle Madison so she would be safe. Going into chapter 11, Tammy was in the hospital once again. She looked around the room and then looked down at her stomach. She was in massive pain. She began trying to recall what happened. Then her thoughts automatically drifted to Madison. She began to buzz for the nurse, and when she came in, she was crying and inquired about her baby. The nurse looked at her and explained what was told to the hospital when she was brought in, that she was trying to tend to the baby, made a misstep, and took a horrible fall. But in wrapping her body around the baby as they were falling, the baby was unharmed, checked by the hospital just in case, but was released because she was fine. After she saw Madison, knew that Madison was unharmed, she then asked herself, asked about herself. The nurse told her she had a fractured arm, sprained ankle, and some bruising. She also ripped some of the stitches she had in her stomach, but in a few days she should be able to go home. The nurse looked at her with concern. Tammy asked, was it something she was not telling her? The nurse then proceeded to ask her very compassionately, did she fall as it was reported, was she pushed, or something happened beyond her control? Tammy was considered the question, and when she was getting ready to answer, Bart walked through the door. He was smiling and had flowers in his hand. He walked to the bed, leaned over, and gave Tammy a kiss. 
The nurse grabbed Tammy's right hand and gripped it. She told Tammy if she ever needed to talk, she was available. As she exited the room, Bart took his hand and squeezed her face, telling her she would be dead before he would ever lose her. He reminded her she had no family to go to, and he and his family were the only ones that cared about her. He looked her in her eyes and told her, just like he was able to tell the hospital she just took a fall on her own, that if something more serious were to happen to her, it would be so easy to come up with something to explain it. Tammy decided at that moment to keep her situation to herself. Bart was right. No one cared about her except his family, and she really did not have anyone else. It was better to be beaten and alive and telling her story and be killed. This happened when I was 17. My daughter's father was 19. We were teenagers, but teenagers in a very tumultuous and very dangerous and abusive relationship. This affected my daughter because for years she stuttered very bad and had nerve problems until she was about six years old. She grew up hearing us arguing and fighting, but I thank God that she don't remember that now because it happened when she was so young. Her father's issue was that he was experienced abuse when he was a young boy, and it never was dealt with. So he had aggression. Even after we weren't together anymore, he remarried, and he abused his wife terribly to where her face was disfigured. The same thing with my cousin. He had a mental issue, but within that mental issue, he did not have the capacity to understand that I was a mere child, and he was my family. He was my cousin. And what that would have done to me mentally if he was able to accomplish what successfully what he was trying to do to me. The issues of those men around me became my issue, even my father, even what he did. So throughout my whole life, the issues of the males in my life became my issue. These are things that happen to all of us. Everyone doesn't have a negative issue, and even if they do, it's not something that's out of control. When we don't know how to control an issue or control a situation or a problem, that's when it becomes the problem of the people around us, not just, the pro just, not just your personal problem. I encourage you that if you are in this kind of relationship or if you know someone, please get out because it may end up that your only out is a slab in the coroner's office. Don't that, let that be your finale. If you have children, don't leave your children motherless because I don't know what my life would have been if my mother had lived. And I often wonder that. Be here to tell your story. Be here to live your truth. Be here to help someone get to their truth. But don't be a statistic of a battered woman or a woman that was killed in the act of a domestic violence or a rape. Live to tell your story. If you would like to purchase this book, you can find it on Amazon. It's called Issues of the Male of the Heart Male When His Issues Become Your Issues. Or you can go to my website, www.livelifenowlovelifenow.net slash books. 
That's www.livelifenowlovelifenow.net slash books. I hope you have enjoyed this session. Next week, please tune in where I have a special guest on behavior and mental issues which are affected by abuse. And she will give us some insight on what happens to us in that capacity when we have went through a traumatic event. What does it do to us mentally? So for this week, this is LaTanya Hendry with A Woman's Soul Restored. Have a blessed week. <music>